This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. I'm Sabrina Magdalene and in the studio with me today are Sean Tanish and Melissa Tiong. So in the month of October, you'd actually see cinemas advertising ghost movies, you know, retail outlets promoting spooky props and even back in school, my most prominent experience was when I used to watch students and some of my friends playing Spirit of the Coin. You know, they would ask for better exam grades, what their future hold and some would even chari jodo. Which school you went to, I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, Halloween aside, ghost stories and horror movies have always been an attraction for many people. And according to some social theories, a lot of people are actually curious about the afterlife. You know, do you become a ghost? Will someone who has died come and haunt you for revenge? Those are the kind of questions that we'd ask. Right. So you mentioned about back in school, right? We always talked about ghost stories in camps or even classes. It's kind of infectious, you know, like you're a cool kid if you had a ghost story to tell. Uh, It's always interesting to share these stories. And, you know, as ridiculous as it sounds, uh, no one really questions the legitimacy of these uh, stories because the afterlife is so uncertain. People have not gone there and come back to tell whether it's wrong or it's right. Uh, So there's always this 50-50 acceptance of these stories. I also always had this half doubt uh, because these stories always sounded the same and the modus operandi for the ghosts, they don't change. You know, uh, slamming the door, walking uh, at the corner corridor wearing the white color robe uh, but again I ask myself like if something is so consistent it repeats again and again doesn't that also indicate there could be some truth in it mm, okay so I'm personally a bit more of a skeptic right simply because uh, we see a lot of cross-cultural differences uh, when it comes to belief in ghosts I mean yes of course everyone across the world uh, believes in ghosts and uh, in fact in two separate polls in 2013 in the UK and in the US uh, it found that roughly half of the population in both countries believe that ghosts exist. And while I couldn't find the numbers for Asia, I think we can all agree that it is just as pervasive, if not more, uh, here in Asia. And given that ghosts, they are given such respect here, people often believe that ghosts can either harm or help you. Like, you know, with the lottery numbers and how rituals are being shaped around not offending them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, see that in the West, right? Culturally, the way they approach spirits also are quite different. I mean, if... Spirits do exist, then surely everybody's experiences would be quite universal, right? So why is it that, you know, for example, a woman who dies pregnant um, only becomes a Pontianak, you know, in Malaysia and Indonesia? Well, there are quite a number of academics in the West uh, who looked at it from a theoretical uh, physics perspective and they also found that a lot of the experiences uh, that people had uh, can be attributed to things like uh, sleep paralysis and also confirmation bias and even uh, toxic mold, for example. So I find that there isn't as much scepticism about these things when I grew up around my circle and I'm sure most people can agree that here in Asia, it is sort of accepted uh, that ghosts do exist. Hmm. And so going back to what you said earlier about confirmation bias, so um, a study by a group of psychologists from Hertfordshire University and Edinburgh University found that a group which already believe in ghosts are more likely to re- report sensations and experiences when touring the reputedly haunted Hampton Court Palace versus the group which doesn't believe in ghosts. Uh, Professor Christopher French from Goldsmiths University, London. So he is quite 
a renowned researcher in the field of anomalistic psychology. So he says that sometimes the power of suggestion and belief can be so strong that people hallucinate these experiences. But because there isn't a lot of research in this area, right, there isn't enough evidence to say that ghosts definitely do or do not exist. Nor do we know yet if it's possible to prove or disprove them. So maybe that's why, you know, because of this uncertainty, the belief in ghosts and the fascination around them is still so pervasive, you know, across the world. So in the midst of all this curiosity, the three of us and our producers Lee Shin Ying and Danya Nair braved ourselves to check out Malaysia's very own famed haunted destination, Kelly's Castle. At night. Yeah. So Midnight. We, yeah, at night. <laughs> so we spoke to Managing Director of Kelly's Castle, Zamari Muhi. He's better known as Inchek Zam. And despite all of these stories, when he took over in 2013, he was actually not completely sold to the idea that Kelly's Castle was haunted. Well, just to share with you, even the first time when Tourism Malaysia staff asked me to apply, so I said, eh, what for, is it? What for I want to manage this kind of uh, so-called abandoned place? But um, maybe because of my passion in the industry, so with the passion of it, so I turned it into whatever people call it now, it become one of the so-called must-visit places in, in Perak. Last time, people don't care about Kelly's Castle. So the castle being haunted is quite a popular rumour, isn't it? Like some of the common uh, sightings that we've uh, heard being reported are of William Kelly Smith walking along the corridor. See the corridor story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, you know, an apparition of a child with curly hair and in a white blouse who is believed to be Kelly Smith's daughter, Helen. But since neither William Kelly Smith nor his family actually died in a castle, there are claims that the place is haunted by those who were executed there by the Japanese during the Second World War. Uh, Sean, you're from Perak, right? So right. were stories like these, you know, quite common when you were growing up? Well, when I was a kid, like, I did hear stories that if a castle is abandoned, it is because it's haunted. So there's no other reason, you know, because I grew up opposite the abandoned uh, Istana Raja Muda Perak uh, back in Teluk Intan. So the elders always told me or they claimed that it was haunted and that's why it was not developed or no one wanted to stay there. And along that conversation, Kelly's Castle, which is in Batu Gajah Perak also, they always bring up stories about this castle as well. And they said, if you go to Kelly's Castle, you would definitely experience something paranormal. Mm. Uh, and then you add up all these stories and then you grow up reading books like True Singapore Ghost Stories by Russell <laughs> Lee. I remember those. You know, uh, you just get all these imaginations la, about these abandoned castles. In fact, now the Business Insider actually listed Kelly's Castle as one of seven most haunted castles and mansions in the world. Mm. And so what we did after that was we spoke to a local business owner and resident who's in her 70s, who's passing these kind of stories that we usually hear. We met her about one kilometre away from the castle. I found her story very interesting because of how descriptive she was about her experience. So you tell me, does this sound familiar? Balik main baru adik bengkak habis kata kan Itu adik cik ada di Kolombo Cik bagi tahu dia lah Malam duduk tiga empat malam duduk sini lah tidur Nak tidur tak boleh lena tak boleh Adik cik ada kat situ dia mari rumah abang Dia cakap apa? Cik kata adik je mahu kau pergi hospital je Kau nak ambil ubat badan tak boleh tidur Gatanya tapi tak ada nampak apa Badan elok tapi gatai Itu dia kata tu kak tunggu kejap Dia kata dia nak makan nasi dulu Cik pun tunggu-tunggu dia mari dekat kodoh belah Dia buat kat mari tengah malam sangat takut Raya nak pergi Dia kata apa? Tak apa dia kata kak dia tanya, kak ada pergi kelih kasa tak? Dia pandai scan ni. Perak, 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 perak. Dia tanya, kelih kasa tu ikut kak lima ekor kata dia. Dia cik takut tu, cik tak nak pergi lah. 
adik cik dia datang tengah malam sangat Dia minta kak minta ayuh segelas Lima tiga biji dia cik Itu dia kata kak ambil ayuh ni minum Benda yang kak mandi sikit badan-badan ni Sampai tiga kali Esok kalau tak mau juga kak pergi hospital itu. Elok tak ada apa <laughs> Mandi So basically what she was saying is that um, she went to Kelly's castle one day and she came back feeling, you know, itchy all over her body. Yeah, she couldn't sleep. Yeah, and uh, her sister who is, you know, uh, apparently an, an expert in these sort of spiritual things told her to bathe in some lime water and she recovered immediately after. These are the kind of stories that are built on the belief of haunted places and scary stories, isn't it? Mm, right. Yeah. So back to Inchik Zam, right? He was thinking of ways to brand Kelly's castle and market the place better. So he looked into the love story. Don't we all love that? I mean, between the castle's initial owner, William Kelly Smith, and his wife, Agnes, and thought, why do that when the Taj Mahal already sells on the lovey-dovey aspect? Yeah, so he decided to experiment on different angles to sort of spice up the castle a bit more and bring an appeal to the castle. And like being a national heritage was not enough for the castle to attract tourists. But ghost stories are sort of like self-sustaining marketing ideas, right? You know, you don't need salespeople because people already like selling ghost stories themselves. It's like quality marketing. Yeah, the kids true, would yeah. do it for you in all school the times all the time. <laughs> so what Inchit Zam did was he didn't believe the castle was haunted, but he became curious later. And you wouldn't hear many people who would have drawn inspiration for a business idea from a paranormal experience. But... This is the incident that he calls as the turning point. There's one case which was 2016. Um, I brought a group of, they call it paranormal seekers or something like that. It's a Malay group, so they call it uh, Aura Marifat. Their method or their module is that they pull a spirit and put inside volunteer body. And then uh, we move around the castle, uh, around one something. Then we move from each room to another. We found many uh, spirit, which when I, we are a Muslim, when I give a salam, assalamualaikum, then they didn't answer my salam. They say, mm, so I know, it's a non-Muslim uh, period. Is it? Until uh, we went up to the uh, laundry room, this guy, pull and put one spirit in one girl, Malay girl, and then that girl suddenly turned into a Indian male ensign. And the voice also changed into a male voice. So I, I asked him, uh, who are you? He, he keep quiet and I asked him, what is your name? And then that entity told me that my name too long. Okay, then give me your short name. So he told me that my friend called me Gopal. Okay, fine. And why you are here? I'm a laundry man. I was brought uh, from India by uh, Mr. William. He's supposed to send me back, but he didn't turn up. Fine. And then I got wife back home. I miss my wife, but I cannot go back. It's a slightly sad story, isn't it? I mean, what Zam told us about Gopal. What did y'all think, you know, when y'all heard this? Yeah, it was very sad. Like, you know... I mean, of all the ghost stories that I've heard, this one is actually quite unique in the way that you can actually sort of empathise with Gopal. The story of an immigrant being away from his home and want to go back to his wife, that's quite a human story, I think. Turns out it's also a love story, mm. but a sad one. Yeah. And I didn't feel like Zam was making up this story. And then it sort of added up with what actually happened to William Kelly Smith when he went to Portugal and then he died there, he didn't come back. 
and it kind of made sense you know in a way yeah and you know because this really piqued our interest we went to the laundry room ourselves during our visit after he told us about gopal yeah and that was actually inchik sam's recommendation for us to go in when we went for the night tour and it made sense because when we were in the room well i mean i didn't feel anything i don't know about you guys but like I just felt that it was a bit dank and musty, but that's quite typical of like you know an old castle kind of air quality. Yeah, initially he didn't tell us anything about Gopal. He mm. just said like there are two spots where you might experience something, mm. or you can just go and check these two places where people have said they have felt something, right? So it's going back to what my theories just now about yeah, a bit. the suggestibility. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, but we didn't know it was the laundry room when we went there, right? Yeah. After that, we kind of realized, oh, maybe that the was the laundry room. room. As yeah, he yeah, was yeah. telling the story about the racks and everything, then only we realized it was the laundry. Room. So, and also apparently, when some ghost hunters actually visited the place, they have sighted spiritual entities in the laundry room and the balcony. And I have to admit that I did feel a little bit of an eerie gloom around the balcony area. Ooh. Right, and yeah. so Sam also um, spoke about this at length. And Gopal is always sitting on top of the what do you call it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every time when I walk, I like to to go there, especially seven, six thirty, seven, and I always feel that he's still up there lying. And when I brought one of my friends, yeah, he's up there lying with the sari, the white color cloth. You see? No, my friend. But as as I mentioned again, seeing is believing, can lagi. I tak nampak, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust it. I wouldn't believe it. And if you want to uh, share that, maybe you can join me after this. We go and uh, find Gopal. So, I mean, just as a background, right, we didn't go into the castle after midnight. You know, I mean, Inji Izzam, he offered the proposition for us to go after midnight, which is when we were not allowed to bring in any lights. But that's actually when the paranormal activities would happen and that's when he said he guaranteed us that we'll definitely see something there yeah i know i said earlier in the show that i'm a bit of a skeptic but when zam you know offered that to us i was the first one to have been like nope i am not going in yeah i yeah. wanted to go but i needed a company he also <laughs> said if it's that time of the month for one of you uh you shouldn't go in i didn't want to go alone now obviously i mean it's pitch black and, yeah. and i can imagine that place being scary if you go in without any lights yeah. yeah and he was so sure something will come and maybe like touch your hair or breathe into breathe you breathe into you yeah. Or maybe like he quoted one of the journalists also who I happen to know, and apparently something touched his uh, ears. Yeah. Right. Him yeah. saying that. Yeah, and it was actually really dark at night because prior to that, you know, before midnight, they had the lights on and everything, and it looks really nice with the lights on. But after they switched the light off, it was so scary looking. Right. Yeah. And you know, after all that. I mean, the first thing that came to mind is I'm definitely not going. <laughs> yes. So from that experience, Inject Zam actually formed a purposeful pursuit to connect with the entity, and also to find out if Gopal or, in fact, other entities are really there. Um, it's definitely changed the way he sees the castle in that he knows that there is something there now. We leave sound detector and also a video camera. Uh, we go out. We collect it back. At 3 a.m. the next morning, uh, we found a few white shadows, which we believe is orbs. If there's many orbs, 
we become Vortex. Vortex is a door to their world. And then I also uh, heard a voice of so-called like crying, you know, asking like, oh, something like that. So I believe that is a uh, Gopal and a few friends of mine who so-called like they can see things, they, they still told me that Gopal is still occupying my laundry room. But I'm still waiting for a real, the whole, you know, entity come. Eh? If they say a ghost bomb, for example, like this, I believe they are here. Every time I enter the laundry room, it's always ghost bomb, so I believe Gopal is still there. So Inchik Zam actually isn't a professional ghost hunter, right? So he called a team to come and assist him with this whole hunt. He needed people with experience to come in, validate whatever he encountered, you know? Yeah. So when we were there that day, ghost hunter Hanizamal Abu Hanifa was there for what he calls for a solo ambush. He went into the castle at midnight and did a Facebook live broadcast. I mean, technology is conveniencing everything nowadays, right? Yeah. So this is a clip of him alone inside the pitch black castle looking for a response from the entity. Keluar Kelly Mambang Puntiana Langsui tapi jangan tu pintu tu nanti aku tapi keluar okey keluar 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 aku cabar untuk kau keluar aku dah lama ni dah makan burger dah minum air keluar keluar Helen, Kelly Smith, Langsui, Pochong, Mambang Kuning, Mambang Merah, Mambang Daun, sila keluar. Kerana aku bersorangan, jangan malu dan segan. My oil lah, my <laughs> Aduh. Apa okay, kita teruskan perjalanan. Siulan perjalanan nanti kepulangan. Saat ditunggu Apa ni ampun nak terberak tunggu Aku pun nak terberak juga ni Nanti lumpur Aku rindukan Untuk buat ni Kita jangan tertekan ya Dengan hantu-hantu ni Kita relax-relax je Okay, kita relax-relax Dia keluar, kita selfie Dia keluar lagi, kita interview Okey supaya kita tahu apakah feedback apakah mereka dari arah mereka Orang tengok Minah Saleh kat tengah tu. Orang tengok betul. Oh, Itu aku cakap nenek aku lagi lawa. <laughs> nenek aku lagi lawa lah Ellen. Ellen, sila keluar jangan malu dan segan. Nenek aku lagi lawa. Okey, nenek aku lagi lawa. L A W A. Lawa. Oh, it's so good hearing that again. Oh my god. I mean, I've never heard anything like that before. Right? Because usually, you know, people are really scared of offending ghosts and things. But this guy is just straight out saying his grandmother is prettier than a ghost. <laughs> That's so good. I would be offended. I was actually shocked when I saw what happened, what he was doing. So we said it was a Facebook live broadcast. But also physically people were there, mm. like dozens of people. Mm. There was a theatre room where a lot of locals and others from out of the state also, uh, they came to watch that solo ambush thing on a big projector. Mm screen mm. right and they all seem to know what's happening mm. and we were just like looking at each other because I felt 
it was funny at one point and I was about to laugh and then I looked at Shin Ying and maybe I think I looked at Melissa also right yeah, and then like yeah, what's yeah, happening so yeah, we, were, yeah. we were all like scattered and then we were just looking at each other what's happening here but these people seemed to know what's happening they were just like oh wow this is interesting yeah and it was quite late at night as well right so like it was I think midnight to like 2am and there were kids there there were like small children there yeah people came with families yeah so yeah and on the Facebook live there were about 2,000 people just watching the stream and there were comments on the live stream and things like that when yeah. I saw like two thousand people like watching and the number was just like increasing i just wanted to check whether these people are really real people oh, <laughs> so, right, yeah, yeah. so i clicked <laughs> on the profile of people who actually uh, commented then i found out these are real people and then they have jobs why why are like they so curious anything, yeah. yeah they're not bots uh, why are they so curious uh, to see a guy at two o'clock in the morning at kelly's castle trying to provoke ghosts uh, so there's a huge community interested in this You know, actually, I probably would have been one of the viewers because I wouldn't have dared done that on my own. <laughs> and, you know, actually, what I realized is that Hani Zamot's ghost hunting method is so different from the ones I've seen. For instance, like on American TV shows, like our local ghost hunting TV shows where mm. they use equipment like electromagnetic force meters, thermal imaging cameras, ultrasonic motion centers. You know, in fact, Singapore investigation group, Kraton Paranormal Activity, what they say is that they use similar types of equipment and they also monitor new recruits for three months and even conduct a courage test just before they recruit them. And I also saw another reality show where the ghost hunters were called to find out why the spirit was disturbing tenants at this particular house and restaurants, you know. So what they do is they give the spirits permission to touch their hair. Okay. Would you all do that? I mean, no. You know, even to brush their hands to signal that they're actually present. And they'd speak to the entities. I've seen those. I've yeah. seen those. It's, I mean, it's yeah. quite politely. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. And they'd actually ask questions like how you would speak to a child, you know, like, are you okay? Why are you here? Is there anything we can do for you? Yeah, yeah. yeah can yeah, I help yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, you can speak to me. And that's like totally different from what Hani Zaman was doing there. Mm-hmm. He was just there. He was like a boss. He asked for tea. Helen, where's my tea? <laughs> you know, and then he was like, jangan main belakang. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. don't run into the wine cellar. If you want to show, show yourself in front. I want to see you. I nak tengok you seketul. Jangan tunjuk sikit-sikit semua. Yeah. Main belakang semua. Exactly. Yeah. Seketul depan saya. Muncul macam tu juga. Like he owns the property. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite shocking. So we decided to ask him, you know, about his ghost hunting process. And what is the logic behind his methods? For the first time, it's work. <laughs> My first time, like I said, it's work. That's why the, the the candles flying out. I was so surprised. Human to human, I don't like to challenge, but uh, I try to uh, provoke this as much as possible. So if you heard me just now, I say, I cabar. I cabar kau keluar. So I try to provoke, I try to challenge as much as I put the pressure to them so that they come out and give me something. So that's the strategy source. But most of the time, in the first time, normally it's solo and who start this. And then uh, now everybody start to say the same thing, start to do the same thing. Uh, maybe I'll try to find something new. <laughs> yeah, so solo style and also this Facebook live broadcast, right? It does give some validation where he cannot tamper with the audio or visuals like other recordings. It's live. Yeah. Uh, there's no post-production involved mm-hmm. in this. Exactly. And also he's alone. Mm-hmm. Obviously, no one can like close the door for him or yeah. push yeah. things for him. Makes yeah. sense, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that is true to his name, right? Solo ambush. He really is just in there by himself, which is really scary. But it also does add a lot of credibility to it. You know, it's just him and his camera and tripod and maybe a couple of objects that he brought in with him. 
to sort of wait for a paranormal response. So Inchik Zam actually did mention that he was always on the lookout for more, you know, high-caliber ghost hunters, as opposed to those that we see on camera who go in one large crew with all this dramatic reaction, all these mm. theatrics. So that kind of makes it look like, is this real? What is your method of discovery? Say, oh, I'm using a basic light and a camera, and then I go in alone. I like that. Because when he go alone, solo, meaning that nothing that can bluff us, you see? Because between him... Can close the door for him? Yeah! Nothing can help him to to create the... the like running, running. Yeah, running kind of thing, you know. Like example, or suddenly the door close and, you know. If they say 5%, eh, you can create things with really, it, If anything happened right now, for example, maybe he put the toys, you see? Suddenly the toys turn like that. Who's the one who turned the toys? Because he's alone and he's recording that thing. Yeah, so this solo ambush thing, right? There's also this interaction. Hani Zamal was constantly interacting with people who are commenting on his Facebook Live thing, asking him questions. And then at the same time, it felt like he was honest. He just said like, today I don't feel the vibration. Mm, the vibration mm, is not good lah today. Yeah. Kurang sikit vibration hari ni. Yeah. Tak rasa sangat hari ni macam kenapa? Helen, kenapa takut ke? And then, you know, he was yeah, just like yeah. saying those things. And he didn't make up things like, oh, I actually think, I feel like something is behind me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think like, it's easier to sort of do that, like sort of say like, oh, there's something here kind of thing in like TV shows or movies that we've seen because things can be added post-production, right? Like what you said earlier, like, you know, sound effects and things like that. Yeah, and also this wasn't actually Hani Zama's first ghost hunting excursion to Kelly's castle. Apparently his first visit was even more exciting than this one. So uh, my first time coming here to Kelly Castle, I was like uh, so excited because Kelly Castle is the most scary place in Malaysia. And it's, I'm not saying the most, it's uh, among the most scary places in Malaysia. So I was surprised when I came to this uh, first time. I feel that uh, the horror feeling is there and then the scary feeling is there. I do some provocation and there is a feedback from the entity, which is uh, the candle is flying and then the, there is a sound which is I heard like somebody footstep and then I see a woman body from far away it's about 50 meters from outside I saw that and then I able to capture that image okay so I was so excited that I able to get this evidence to show with the audience why I come for a second time the management the Kelly Castle management give me opportunity to open a few area which is uh, prohibited people to go in so I get excited maybe and possibly that I will get more evidence uh, more encounter on the on this entity so that's why I come back and I try it out yeah honestly um, from Hani Zamal's account of the flying candles and things like that in his first visit and Inchik Zam talking about Gopal in the castle linen room I think somebody must have bound to have seen something in the castle. The frequency of something happening in the castle seems to be quite high, quite yeah, common. Yeah, we saw the video also, right? The yeah. candle uh, mm-hmm. flying yes, and right. dropping mm-hmm. on the floor. And if you think about it, if there's no one in the castle, in mm-hmm. that room, and there's also not much wind flow, yeah. mm-hmm. the, there's, there's no space for wind mm-hmm. to push the candle as well, mm-hmm. uh, you, you kind of want to believe it mm-hmm. like 50-50 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it seems that Hani Zamal didn't get to see Gopal 
But he did actually say that he felt a little creep down his spine when he was in the linen room that Inji Gizam mentioned. Upstairs? Oh, linen. Just now, yes. I feel that uh, the feeling that meremam luruma, I feel that. But I, uh, I'm not happy with it because I can't see anything. Normally, I mean, I feel, I will see anything like a white thing, like a black thing. It's appeared for a few seconds and it's disappeared. That's the thing I try to capture with camera until now. Some eligible job, yes, I managed to capture it, but today I cannot capture it. When I look at my camera, there's none, then I will just keep quiet, just keep it. And then the, in today's rooms, the sofa area, I feel it, but unlucky, I'm not, not so obvious. I can't say anything about it. I don't like it. I really want concrete evidence, then I say it. It's like, not confirmed, just keep quiet. No point. Not to say I'm so brave, no, not really, but I, I've been through a lot of things. Not some, a lot of things I tell people, people not really compute whatever I say because they say I'm crazy. So the best thing I do is just do a local area like Kelly Castle, those things that very close with the community so that it's too logic. It doesn't look too not realistic. Like I go to Okigara, people start to question, is this guy really alone? Yes, I'm alone. I go inside. There is a, a guy from America go alone just for 20 minutes, just run away. And this guy privately message me, congratulate. At least we have one guy just go alone for one hour and go out safely. Normally people go alone inside, then they cannot go out anymore. Spooky. Mm. So we're heading into a short break now, but after this, we'll delve deeper on what's in store for Kelly's Castle in the future. Thanks for joining us here on BFM News Takeover of Night School. I'm Sabrina Magdalene and joined by Melissa Tiong and Sean Tanish. So we met Inchik Zam, the manager and the operator of the castle, and Hani Zamal, a ghost hunter, who was actually invited to do a special live broadcast of his ghost hunting experience. So aside from paranormal stories, right, the idea we got from our humble investigation is that Kelly's Castle is indeed growing as a tourist attraction point. Yeah, so Kelly's Castle has a rich history and a spooky reputation. That seems like a good mix to sort of market to tourists, right? But is this enough to sell Kelly's Castle in a sustainable manner. We also spoke to some visitors around the town and uh, among them was a man from Perak who currently lives in KL and he was bringing some friends from overseas to visit the castle. I think the Perak government did a good job because they really make this castle now presentable. Last time it's not like this. Every people free to walk in and it uh, seems like those kind of the house are going to abandon like that, you know? Very sad. And at least uh, if you haven't seen the castle before in overseas, you come here, at least you see something like that. But I think they can improve better. For example, there's put more lighting and even organise some event like concert here to attract more people to come at night. Not like now, close at 6. So, you know, I never would have thought of the idea of turning Kelly's Castle into a concert site on an exhibition avenue. Yeah. No, I was shocked when he said, like, concert in this haunted castle. <laughs> I know, right? Mm. I mean, I... I I mean, I'm sure it's a novel idea, but I, I can't see that happening, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Inchik Zam, he wasn't opposed to those ideas, mm. turning Kelly's Castle into a concert venue, art exhibition site, but there are also some challenges that'll come with it. The main problem, if I want to do event or function inside, is the logistic. Yeah? Because we don't have access um, to the castle except this bridge. Uh, that is the main reason which I cannot do uh, many events inside. But 
just to share with you, I still keep the castle for my best event. Because as you know, if we put lighting up there with an international band or Malaysia band, for example, you will light up the whole thing and you will boost the, the name of Grace Castle. So the other thing that came up as we spoke to the people in the vicinity was a sort of network of underground tunnels, and uh, which was also mentioned in the exhibition Inside the Castle. Uh, apparently they connect to a nearby Indian temple, which was to make it easier for the workers back then to travel to and fro the castle. Yes, so Zam also told us that the tunnel uh, was actually William Kelly Smith's idea Mm. that he was said to have frequently used it to travel to the Hindu temple uh, located about a kilometre away. So if you visit the temple itself, right, at one of the entrances, you can even see William Kelly Smith's statue built among the Hindu gods. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So you kind of see how important he was to the community at that time, to the people there at that time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, why would they build his statue there? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you do some online research, people were saying that there was a Spanish flu outbreak Mm -hmm. at that time and a lot of people died. A lot of workers who were building the castle died. Mm -hmm. So they sort of requested from William Kelly to build a temple for them as uh, protection so that they have a place to worship as well. Mm. And then uh, after they built the temple, apparently the outbreak stopped. Mm. So apparently, Kelly Smith's car is also parked in one of the tunnels, but this is not verified. There's no, it's only a rumour. And uh, it is believed that there are about four tunnels, but one more remains remains undiscovered. You know, some people said that it might have been used by the Japanese for execution and torture during the occupation. Yeah, so you know, with all this information, I mean, how could we not have gotten curious to find out our facts, right? So we decided to go to the Hindu temple to see if they know about the tunnel. So we met the priest there from the temple to find out if the tunnel really exists. So, he was saying that they are doing some renovation work at the temple and the construction workers, they found the tunnel. They actually closed the tunnel. Uh, they put soil and everything twice to cover the tunnel. So wow. apparently the worker, the contractor or the engineer, mm. uh, he told the priest that, yeah, uh, I saw the tunnel. Uh, it was there. Oh. Mm, okay. So what happened actually the next day, we went to the wine cell of the castle and we actually saw a little hole that was dug up. And I mean, I wouldn't have found it if we didn't switch on our phone lights, you know, looking right at the corner right. of an area, right? Yeah. And it actually looked like what Inchik Zam described to us as an opening to the tunnel. We are also in the midst of going down and open the tunnel, which we believe lead from this castle to the temple. If I can open that tunnel, at least by, what, 50 metres will do enough really. We already use a satellite detector and there's a metal down there. Uh, we already dig one small hole and then after this we are going to put a remote control car with a camera, see what do they down there. Once we have the so-called road or uh, stairs go down, then only I have to use the uh, scuba diving here. So at least I can tell people, look, whatever uh, stories or whatever thing that you all was, you know, told there, the tunnel are there. Then the time I can hit and call more tourists. 
I mean, listening to him, right? I think he's clearly envisioned this. He mm. knows what he wants to do. You know, mm-hmm. he clearly has high hopes for the castle with grand plans. You know, like a Scottish themed cafe in the garden and so many other things. Mm. Yeah, you can clearly hear how enthusiastic he is about uh, the place, about the potential for tourism. Because I mean, he's been in tourism industry for like I don't know what twenty years. He said thirty mm, mm, years. Mm, mm, mm. Unfortunately, as we're about to hear, there are many things that would stand in Zam's way. Uh, you know, money constraints and logistics are just some of them. The ticket counter should be at the main entrance. If my ticket counter is at the main entrance, no matter how, one car, five people, they have to pay five ringgit. Whether they want to go in the castle or not, I already collect the money. Whether they want to go in or they just want to snap photo, up to them. You can't do that now, is it? I can. I can, with the condition, I have to take out my own money to build a I counter see, I see. in front there. Because the government won't. But if I want to spend money so much, my contract is every three years, you see. If this land is belong to my father, then no problem, no issue. But if they say I spend about 200000 suddenly next three years, change government, for example, I have to surrender, they didn't honour or they didn't renew my tender, then I've gone my two three hundred thousand. So that is the thing which stopped me for move forward. I want to do every weekend high tea, so cannot bro. Because how am I going to carry the equipment up there? And then to make things worse, up there, monkey, body utan. And then it's a road of the buffalo every day. That's why sometimes the cow or buffalo Done. There, are there. Even I receive a lot of complaints. How come the operator never clean? How am I going to clean? Today, they come in. Tomorrow night, they move again. <laughs> the next day, they move again. Serious. Serious. My domestic problem. Uh, and then, sorry to say, by the time, the grass, everything, all spoiled by God, they carry all those uh, insects, is it? Then, what are We have done it. Right, they wreck it. Even the buffalo, a whole bunch of buffalo whack my paga done. Even the government spent about two hundred thousand done. Maybe I want to try the electric fence. You see, ah, that's the only last choice which I can try. But it's going to pay for the cost. I mean, I feel so sorry for him, you know, as yeah. a businessman, mm. you know, he clearly wants to venture into all these... He's trying. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's really trying his best. I mean, he's figured it out, mm. but there are so many setbacks, you know, and despite all these issues, you know, he's still got so many big plans for the place and he even considered turning the castle into a wedding venue. Yeah, I can imagine that actually. Like, a wedding there would be so beautiful, you know, if the place is cleaned up for it. And the castle actually is already a popular place for wedding photo shoots. Yeah, it's not just for weddings, right? The place was actually packed with students who mm. came in buses in their graduation robes taking photos after their convocation. Mm. Uh, so, it's actually a very Insta-worthy place, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely have to agree. It is is indeed a scenic venue for camera. And in fact, did you know that the palace was the set of the 1999 film Anna and the King and also the Hong Kong film Skyline Cruises? Yeah. So I found it, out that day. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, I mean, it seems it's quite clear that Kelly's Castle has a lot of potential mm. and Zam can, envi- can clearly envision that. But I think one of the craziest ideas we've heard from Zam was that he wants to build a Scottish-themed Kelly's Castle hotel. There's a few uh, land on the left. My 
dream if you ask me if I got money or if the government can support me. I want to build a similar size of castle, same as the Kelly's castle, but I want to turn it into a hotel. Yeah? So that people can stay in the same size of room as in the uncompleted castle, but there they can stay in the room with the butler service, you know, uh, with the costume or uh, uniform those days, you know, if you ask me. Then you hire someone called Gopal. Yeah, as a laundry man. <laughs> as a laundry man. Seriously, that's, that's my dream, that's my dream. Then the story won't be, you know, just stop like that. Continue, continue. I mean, when Zam said a Kelly's Castle hotel, like, you know, an exact replica. I want to stay there. Yeah, it, it sounds crazy, but, you know, the more you think about it, the more you think, like, actually, this is a great idea. I mean, like, you know, things like scones and, like, butler services, that is a really interesting concept. It is interesting, and these sort of classical and vintage costume-themed business models do exist in other countries as well, mm, right? Yeah, like, in the UK, for example, they have the annual Jane Austen Festival in Bath, where everyone sort of dresses up in Edwardian clothes. Right. I think that it's great that Zam's being innovative and unique. On the broader context, there was an interesting argument that our producer Dania brought up on whether or not it's appropriate that they commercialise these abandoned sites like this castle. Should they actually stay away from marketing the haunted element? Just the Be- haunted element only, right? Yeah, you know, because they're usually linked to unfortunate and tragic incidents. Yeah, you know, actually, I mean, people yeah. suffered and ghosts are still interpreted as still suffering. Mm, and actually, in many East Asian cultures, it is believed that the spirits of the deceased can help people on Earth if they are properly respected and rewarded. Yeah, so according mm-hmm. to a lot of uh, Western studies, mm-hmm. uh, spirits are often seeking justice, sometimes for good reasons, due to unsolved uh, murders, for example, mm. uh, lack of proper funerals, for suicides, tragedies, and other forms of ethical failures. So their sightings are apparently reminders that ethical or moral lapses uh, can actually carry a heavy spiritual burden in, mm-hmm. afterli- yeah. in afterlife. Mm. So I was just thinking like when... Uh, we were discussing all these things and Dania also brought up this uh, argument, right? Mm. I could be totally wrong about this, but what if, uh, let's say, like, if a priest or an exorcist or someone who can connect with afterlife, uh, you know, communicates with, like, Gopal, for example, in this case, uh, maybe relieve him or spirits like him from their pain, mm. uh, mm-hmm. from this loop they are trapped in and release them back and return them to the afterlife realm where they are supposed to be. Uh, wouldn't that also make a good story for a haunted place like this? Uh, like giving them uh, a closure of sorts uh, and, you know, at the same time, have the place cleansed. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's like win-win for all. Lah. So yeah. um, it becomes a former haunted place and perhaps that too uh, can be a, a unique marketing point for That's them. True. I don't know. I have so many questions about this now. Mm. Perhaps we'll do a part two to the show after we have the answers, you know? <laughs> oh, by the way, did you know that there is a Kelly castle in Scotland, which is supposedly haunted as well? Maybe that should be our part two. Wow. <laughs> if we have the budget. If we have the budget. But until then, we've come to the end of the show. So in the meantime, if you'd like to try your luck at spotting Gopal, you know where to go. Thanks for tuning in to Night School on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.